Hello and welcome to this week's special Golf Shake podcast previewing the 148th Open Championship from Royal Portrush. My name is Kieran Clark and I am joined this week for the very first time by Ryan Rastel, the PGA Pro from Howley Hall Golf Club in Leeds and he also does so many of our Golf Shake gear videos. So Ryan, for the first time, welcome to the Golf Shake podcast. Thank you very much. Excited about this. Yeah, should be good. It, it, it should first be. First podcast ever. First, is, it, is it really? Yeah. Well, you always remember your first Ryan. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And I have to say, given our close proximity right now, that's a very odd thing to say. Because for the, for the yes. listeners here, we're actually at the Scottish Open right now at the Renaissance Club. And we're tucked in the most tiny, small... It's like a phone box. A phone box <laughs> booth. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically the anti-TARDIS, this one. It looks small on the outside, and it's even smaller on the inside. But a rainy day here in East Lothian, but building up for the Open Championship, obviously the Scottish Open is a traditional precursor for the game's oldest and greatest major, and so many great players are playing here in Scotland, building up for the showpiece in Northern Ireland, and we're going to talk about the Open, building up to the significance of this event, going back to Royal Portrush after all these years, and the favourites, Lynx Golf, our favourite open venues, all this stuff coming on this week's podcast. So, Ryan, first of all, obviously for us as British golfers, the open is synonymous. Yep. We love it. It's been part of our lives growing up. So for you as a golfer, what have been your most memorable opens to watch as a fan through the years? Um, all of them. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big fan of the open. I think it is the truest test of all of a golfer's skills and abilities and just the history behind it I mean mm. you, you know, we've been up here a couple of days and it, you can't fail to be sort of stunned by all the history of the game and you know you look at things like old Tom Morris and Tom Morris Jr and things that, that they've done and um, you know I've been to the golf museum in St Andrews and all that kind of thing you know you, you think of Scotland you straight away think of golf don't you and uh, yeah it's uh yeah, what a place to be. But yeah, in terms of opens, I mean, obviously, as a kid watching Tiger win, um, and uh, I think the first open I remember watching really was probably when um, Marco Mira won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, and obviously, Justin Rose uh, did really well there as well. Yeah. So that that's sort of I was probably what eleven or twelve years old. That's the first one I Decent really remember. A little of, bit, uh, yeah. Yeah, of I mean I remember opens before that, but that's the one I you know, I remember who won it and I remember mm-hmm. watching it and things like that. But um but yeah, I mean it's it's always the tournament you look forward to I well personally the most every year, even more than the Masters. I mean right. um people obviously love the Masters and that it's at the same venue every year, but I just love that the open changes venue. Um and it's always at a you know, a really iconic links venue really and obviously mm-hmm. this year going to uh Port Rush, um will be different for people to watch. No one's ever really watched an open from Port Rush. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be very, very different. Absolutely. And uh, from my own perspective, looking at the open through the years, and like you, it's for me, it's golf's greatest championship. It asks questions of the players that they aren't normally asked week in, week out on the tour. And that has an element of real intrigue behind the championship every year. Yeah. And obviously, the history of it is obviously fantastic, and it's so integral to it. And that every decade or so, you go back to an open venue... And you go back and you revisit the old opens before there, and players are becoming part of that story with obviously the, this particular week. Obviously, this year is a little bit different, as you touched on. Coming to Port Rush, yeah. which of course hosted the Open back in 1951. 51, yeah. It was won by England's Max Faulkner that year, but 68 years have now passed. It was the only time the Open ever crossed Irish Sea. 
But now all these years later, we're going back. And for all intents and purposes, it is, as you see, a new venue. None of the players will have seen it in open conditions. They had the Irish Open there back in 2012, which is a huge success. That was kind of a, a warm-up for the Open this year. And to go back there is obviously unique, but going to Northern Ireland, the tickets there have been sold out for months. I mean, yep. it's been, the reaction has been incredible because obviously so many golf fans across the entirety of Ireland annually will come over to Britain to come to the Open. But this year, we're going to them. So just from that perspective, Ryan, coming to what is essentially a new venue, how exciting is that for the Open Championship? I think it's huge. I think it, it, it kind of opens the doors for other venues mm -hmm. as well, you know, to potentially not just um, the the ones that we're all used to seeing the Open at, maybe adding some more to the calendar, but, um, you know, it's great that we're over in, in Ireland, or well, Northern Ireland. Um, the golfing fans over there deserve a, a championship like this to be yeah. over there, and uh, you know, with the success of some of their golfers over the past decade, with the um, Rory, Graham McDowell, uh, Darren Clark, all, all winning majors, um, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's right that it is going over there, I think. And um, I've never played the golf course myself, have mm. been over there, but um, I mean, finer golfing terrain, I don't think you'll find many places in the world, really. And Absolutely. certainly for a, a Lynx um, championship such as this, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a fitting place to hold it, definitely. Oh, it certainly is, and I think it's, it's long overdue and it's very welcome as well. And of course, as you touched on there, in terms of potential, other venues, the other great course in Northern Ireland is obviously Royal County Down. Yeah, yeah. They're the two big names there. Some people favour one over the other. County Down tends to be the one that tops the golf course ranking lists. Yes. But I know people who actually prefer Port Rush because County Down has an awful lot of blind shots on it, which isn't yeah. everybody's favourite thing in the world, but depends who you are. But obviously, Port Rush is a great venue, and the town there is going to be enraptured with this. And having, as you say, your Darren Clark and Graham McDill, both local lads, particularly from that area, yeah. uh, is uh, going to be a hugely exciting thing. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a, a championship. It's going to have a a real added dimension this year, I would say, with this uh, new venue. It really, the last time we've really been this, in this situation was when Turnberry came onto the rotation back in 1977, and that was a, perhaps the best open ever that year. So hopefully we'll have similar uh, stuff to watch this, this time round. But rounding back to the previous point about opens that we've grown up watching, from my point of view, um, just to put my kind of two cents into this conversation, you know, for me, like you, watching, I think when Tiger won at St Andrews, that stands out very much. I think back in 2000 when he went round in a record score, didn't once find a bunker in the old course with over 72 holes, which I yeah. think is probably one of the most underrated awesome. achievements <laughs> ever. That said, he did actually bounce over one at one point, he did, so he yeah. was lucky. But uh, incredible ball striking, incredible strategy that week. And I think we saw that again in 05 and then 06 at Hoylake. It stands out to me too. That wonderful baked open field, dry running fast fairways, and Tiger just took the course apart with his long irons. And last year in the Open, we saw something like that as well at Carnoustie, which was a very hot summer, yeah. uh, very dry. This year, unfortunately, not quite the same, as our evidence is uh, here in East Lothian, where it's raining right now. I don't know if you can hear it, but it's coming down pretty heavy. It on is me. indeed, yes. <laughs> it's rattling yeah. off the ceiling here of the media centre yeah. at the Renaissance Club. But obviously, we touched on, obviously, the... Um, the challenges that Lynx Golf presents these players that they don't see typically any other time of the year. We have obviously the Lynx season where we have had the Irish Open at Lynch, yep. the Scottish Open this week at Renaissance, which is a Lynx-style course, and then obviously the Open. So what are the, the different questions that the players are asked on a Lynx-style course compared to what they would face week in, week out, particularly on the PGA Tour? I, well, I think really what 
most PGA Tour events you watch, it's kind of let's bomb it as far as we can, find it and yeah. stick it on the green. And it's almost a bit of a putting contest after that, isn't it? And to some extent, major championship golf is is a putting contest. I mean, it, it's <clears throat> generally the guy who wins is the guy who is up there in the putting stats as well. But I think the the added kind of um, pressures that it puts on your game are you've got to hit fairways and you, and you you cannot afford to just hit it as hard as you can yeah. spray it all over the place because you will get found out very quickly and particularly if this wet weather continues the rough which is already pretty thick is, is going to be even more difficult to get the ball out of um, and then the whole dimension of holding greens and being able to hit it in certain areas and I mean you can you can very quickly um, rack up some big numbers in the Open mm-hmm. Championships if, if you're not hitting the ball straight. But yeah. um, I th- the biggest thing is that the game changes hugely. I mean, we, we uh, played yesterday at Gullen, and yeah. um, I've, I've been playing Parkland Golf all year. It's the first time I've played Lynx, and where you land the ball, the sort of areas that you're looking to hit it into are just completely different. There's you know, players of their quality will adapt quite quickly to that, mm-hmm. but I, st- I still think it's it's a case of um, finding lots of fairways and, and trying to keep the ball in play really and limit mistakes. It seems to be those, those people that do really well in yeah. in the open. Yes, putting is is key. The greens are pretty big, so um, you know you're going to find a lot a lot of players. You can hit fairly average shots and they still end up on greens. But that being said, links can uh, can throw a spanner in the works sometimes with. You can hit a good one and it'll all of a sudden disappear 40 feet away from the flag and you can hit a pretty average one that runs in close. So, yeah. um, you know, to, to some extent, it you know, it, it, uh, it all evens itself out, really, th- throughout a round of golf and you will get some good breaks and some bad ones. But, um, but yeah, I, I think really keeping it straight off the tee is, is the premium, to be honest. So. But you mentioned, obviously, the, the good breaks and bad breaks you can get. Oh, yeah. And, and I guess, therefore in so many ways, perhaps more than any other event or any other type of style of golf, it's more of a mental challenge as much as it is a test of execution, where for me, watching the PGA Tour, it's bomb the ball, fairway, wedge onto the green, gouge yeah. it out, that sort of thing. It's more or less a test of hitting the ball straight, you like straight and long. Yeah. Whereas the Open, Lynx Golf, adds in a whole different element to it, whether it be the weather, changing wind conditions. When you see, you'll see guys, there's a clip of Rory the other day, playing, I think, at Port Rush where he was hitting a, a chip 7-iron 120 yards. Yeah. A shot he will never face any other week of the year. And perhaps that shows that the importance for so many of these great players, why they come over to play in the Irish Open, to play in the Scottish Open. So how important do you think it is for these players who are generally playing in the US to come over here early and play some late golf, particularly in competitive conditions, before going to the Open? Hugely. I mean, um, you can see here this week we've got some of the American players, um, you know, Justin Thomas, uh, Kucha, uh, Ricky Fowler, just to name a few, Kevin Kisner as well. Um, these guys are, are coming here to try and hone their game for Lynx Golf and yeah. almost, it, it's very similar to a lot when you see uh, in the tennis season, you know, you go from clay to grass and, and it's it's a completely different game mm-hmm. um, and, and it's, it's very similar to that this time of year now where... Um, they're probably going to play two, maybe three, if they've played the Irish Open as well. Links, links tournaments in a row, and and then they're literally going to go straight back to the PGA Tour and uh, and be playing back sort to of, the usual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hit it as far as you can golf again. But yeah. it's um, yeah, 
it is it is hugely different, and um, you know that's why they're here. They're not dealing with the sort of wind that you're going to get here every week. They're not dealing with the ground conditions and how far the ball runs and things like that, which they've got to get used to. Mm-hmm. And probably will be changing some clubs in their bag. Um, you know, maybe driving irons going in there, which they don't normally use. Um, you know, something that's going to keep the ball down and flatten the trajectory out and get some run on it for them and. Uh, you know, potentially might change wedge setup and things like that because obviously the ground's much firmer so potentially something with less bounce and things like that with wedges when you're chipping around greens here because obviously short game's so important when if you're in a bunker or um, even round some of these massive greens you've got to be a magician as well as, as we've seen through the years with players like Spieth and Seve and uh, you know players like that Tiger as well doing so mm-hmm. well in opens that you have got to have a hell of a good short game as well so um, yeah I, th- I think it's just a case it's a sort of time for them to tinker around a little bit, I think, and uh, they probably keep the guys on the tour trucks fairly busy for this week and, and probably <laughs> the week leading up to the Open as well. So, um, but yeah, it's 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 a good good test of their all round game, as I've already said, and um, and yeah, it's it's a huge change from what they face every week on the PGA Tour. I think so, and I think given what John Ram did in Ireland, he will now be considered one of the big favourites for Port Rush, given the way he shot 64-62 to win the Irish Open there in such great fashion. And the Scottish Open as well, obviously, the players that do well here will be favoured next week too. We've seen that through the years in the past, uh, most notably when Phil Mickelson won the Scottish <coughs> Open at Castle Stewart, and the week later he yep. won the Open at Muirfield just down the road from here. So yep. yeah, that showed the, the importance of playing that links golf before going to the Open. But of course, players have done... I've not done that and won the Open. Yes, it was Zach Johnson famously won the John Deere or played in John Deere. They won the Open at St Andrews the week yep. later, so it can work either way. But the question is, um, some players, some great, truly great players, play in the Open and they don't have great success. Yeah, what stops them from playing better in the Open? Guys like perhaps like Bubba Watson, who's never played well in the Open, two-time Masters champion. What stops players like that? from doing well in this championship, whereas week in, week out, elsewhere, they will be very good. Um, what, what are they not doing right, in other words? <laughs> I mean, it's hard to criticise someone who's won the Masters twice, isn't it? But, yeah. um, I mean, Bubba does shape the ball a lot, and potentially sometimes when you're playing Lynx golf, you don't want to do that. You want yeah. to try and hit. You're, you're trying to hit it into a wind to hold it up, or, um, you know... I can only think it's things like that. Maybe he just doesn't hit it, hit as many fairways as he should do. Um, his, his game is very much based around <clears throat> power, really, and um, sometimes around a links, you don't need to be powerful. I think yeah. it's... Um, well, although, you know, some guys who hit it a long way have, have won at links venues, it's generally those who are, can control ball flight a little bit more, maybe change the trajectory when needed, and... You know, like like we spoke about just then, hitting little seven irons 120 yards when you need to. Um, you know, that's probably a shot Bubba doesn't play very often no. either. But um, it's, I think maybe it, you've got to be very creative, and, and Bubba is. Yeah. But it's, um, I think maybe with with him sometimes his putting's not that consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas. When the both times he's won the Masters, he's putted fantastic. And, yes. You know, who's to say next week in Port Rush he doesn't all of a sudden have a great putting week? He could win by five. Do you know what I mean? It, you it's, never know. Uh, he's all of these guys are so so good at golf. Um, but yeah, what what is the reason why they haven't haven't come out in an open and done it? I don't know. Potentially being the right side of the draw sometimes can have have a big factor as well. You mm-hmm. know, if you get good or bad weather or high wind in the afternoon or you know it, it that can really 
put you out of the championship very quickly. And yeah. um, all of those sort of guys, anyone who's won a major is capable of winning the Open Championship, definitely. And mm -hmm. he's definitely got the game to do it. Why he hasn't? I don't know. Maybe asking Bubba might be a yeah. question. But, a awkward question, um, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, but yeah, I, th I think... Um, Potentially that for me, I, I think maybe he does shape the ball a hell of a lot, and yeah. I don't think he ever sees a straight shot on a golf course. And maybe sometimes in an in an open, you have to do that. I think so. I think it's more of a general point. I think the key word for me about the open for a lot of these players is adaptability, the ability to actually to change your game to fit the golf course. Yeah. And so many of the players on tour complain about, say, golf courses don't fit my eye or don't suit my game or whatever it might be. And Jack Nicholas, who I think in the 1970s and early 80s more or less had an unbroken stretch of top 10 finishes in the Open he had yeah. a very high ball flight which is why he won the Masters six times but he was still able to adapt his game to the conditions of the Open he loved doing that he embraced that and he, he used to always say if he heard guys say it's too windy or the course is too rough or it's not doesn't suit my game that you can literally just check them off the list. They will not win. Yep. You have to embrace that challenge. It seems that the players who do that, and many of the great American players have done through the years, yep. whether it be Watson or Trevino or Nicholas or whoever it might be, or Woods, they've embraced that challenge where perhaps some of them don't. And it's not just a, an American thing. It's, of course, many of the European players now play their golf solely in America. It's even for them, it's a culture shock coming back here uh, to play in, in the British Isles on the seaside. But looking at one particular name, and when it comes to the Open, I think we also have to, this, this year especially, the eyes will be on Rory McIlroy. Yes. Going to Northern Ireland, a huge deal for him. Absolutely. Rory, this year, has had a very odd season where he's played some of the, statistically, some of the best golf he ever has. Consistency-wise, week in, week out, he's been extremely good. Won the Players' Championship, was brilliant at the Canadian Open. But in the majors this year, he hasn't quite hit those heights. This week in, in Port Rush, obviously people would say Rory, his, his game isn't suited to traditional seaside golf, but yet he has won an Open at Royal Liverpool five years ago. Admittedly, it was very soft conditions. So Rory's chances this week, huge expectations, huge crowd, the excitement and support. What do you expect Rory to do at Port Rush? Um, <clears throat> I mean, it, like we've said before, it does... There is a huge um, expectation on him, but the, the weather and the side of the draw you're in obviously has a big factor. All being the same, he, he's going to be up there, definitely. If mm -hmm. everyone gets the same conditions, Rory McIlroy will be up there in the open, definitely. Um, he is too good not yeah. to be. Um, I think as a ball striker, I don't think there's anyone out there that even touches him. Like I think mm -hmm. he's literally the best ball striker in the world. Um, Obviously, people think his, his putting sometimes lets him down, and, and maybe it does. Maybe he doesn't hold some of the puts we'd expect him to at, at some times, but he's still a phenomenal talent. And like I said, the way he won the Open in 2014 at Hoylake was very good. You know, Fowler was breathing down his neck for most of that round, and, and I think he won the PGA a few weeks later as well, didn't he? Did, he as yeah. well. So um, he. He's obviously got the calibre to do it. Um, being at home in Northern Ireland for him, every single person at that golf course is going to want him to win. So, um, you know, what if you if you need uh, any more motivation, which I don't think he will, there'll be some more there for him with friends, family, and and just everybody in Northern Ireland yeah. pulling for him really. So, I expect him to be well, not only this week at the Scottish Open, but I expect him 
next week at the Open to be uh, yeah pushing for the Claret Jug, definitely. Yeah, it would obviously be, I think, in terms of the uh, the story, it would be hard to beat if Rory won in home soil, yeah. as it would be for any of the Northern Irish players, obviously, who are in the field. But I think, um, yeah, as you said, Rory is... He is too good to discount. I often wonder, though, when it comes to the putting aspect, <clears throat> do we have a false impression because he gives himself more chances than most players? I think players? you're right, yeah. I mean, he, he hits so many greens and yeah. he's so consistent. Um, you know, he hits irons, like laser-like when he's playing well and, and he hits so many greens that, yeah, he, he probably doesn't, you know, his putting stats probably aren't as good as some, but, you know, other players may miss greens and get it up and down a lot more. So it, yeah. it, it's all relative, but he's... He's still a much better putter than any of us would be if we went out on, <laughs> to have a game of golf. And uh, speak for yourself. <laughs> well, he certainly is than me, anyway. But um, but yeah, he's you know if he's on his game, he's he's going to be right up there, definitely. Yeah, and I think two guys who coming into this week obviously have great you know status in the game right now are Brooks Kepka yep. and Dustin Johnson, who are Absolutely. perhaps two, I guess, they're kind of the two archetypal modern professionals. Yep. Big hitters, athletic guys, hit the ball a mile, you know, good putters on their day. They can basically decimate any golf course they play on their day. And Kepka, yep. of course, has this amazing ability to raise his game in the biggest championships. Indeed, but yep. last year at Carnoustie, they both disappointed hugely. Yeah. Do you expect them to play better at Portrush? Absolutely, and I think going back to the point you made about Nicholas uh, saying, you know, if people find it difficult, um, then he's almost checking them off the list. I've heard Kepka say the exact same thing. Um, he's won the U.S. Open twice on the bounce, and he was very close again mm-hmm. um, at Pebble. So he, you know, he's not scared of anybody. He will go out there and. He knows that you know if the weather's poor, he'll just keep plugging away, and and you never know what's going to happen for him. Um, he's he's so good that um, again he he could walk away with it if he plays his best, and that's how good these guys are. If they almost hit a bit of a hot hot streak for four days, you, you know, it's going to be tough to to hang with them. And, and DJ's the same. I mean that guy hits it so far and and generally pretty straight as mm-hmm. well, um, and he's a good putter. So um, everything we've spoken about. How to play Lynx golf? He he should be very very good at it, and um, you know he, he did come fairly close a few times. Uh, I know, obviously, when Mickelson won at Muirfield, he, he was breathing down his neck uh, until he hit that really weird um, tee shot off one hole out of bounds. Didn't yeah. he? Um, again, he was he was pretty close to Rory for a time at uh, Hoy Lake and hit a couple of bad shots. But and that's all it is. It's fine margins, isn't it? And mm-hmm. uh, and it, you know it's. It's such a tough, tough game, but you can't afford to lose concentration for a second because Lynx golf will punish you. And but both of those guys are unbelievable golfers. Yeah, so. they, they are. I think the edge, though, that Kepka has is this mentally. Yeah, he appears to be so strong. He talks such a good game, and the thing is, he backs it up as well, which oh, is yeah. quite incredible. Um, you mentioned the Jack Nicholas kind of comparison there in terms of the comments, and he almost was channeling Nicholas by saying that about guys yeah. who complain about the conditions or how tough a course is. He writes them off. So he, he seems to embrace that, and that's obviously a huge asset to have. And one guy who, of course, we know throughout time has always done that is Tiger Woods. Yes. And who, of course, came back so remarkably to win the Masters back in April. A stratospheric story. But it's been a very odd season since. Very start one where he hasn't played very much. He didn't play between the Masters and the PGA, which of course moved this year to May. He missed a cut there. US Open didn't do very much. Hasn't played since Pebble Beach. Yep. Are, are we to look into this? Is, is, are Tigers' preparations ideal? Or 
at this stage of his career, who are we to question what he's doing? So do you expect Tiger to, to play better this week than what he has done in the other two majors preceding this one? Uh, yes, because he absolutely loves Lynx golf. Um, you, know, you don't win the Open as many times as he has without no. loving Lynx golf. Um, Port Rush is obviously a um, different golf course, not been on the Open calendar before. Um, but, you know, I, I know uh, previous Opens when he's he's come over and he doesn't generally play the Scottish Open, but he's I know he's been to Northern Ireland at times yeah. and played County Down and probably Port Rush as well. And and done some of his prep over there before so he'll know those golf courses anyway i'd be very surprised if he hasn't been and played port rush before next week already mm, yeah um such a you know a professional that he is um and again you don't become the player that he is without being able to play golf <laughs> he's no. uh, he's a uh, he can turn up if he's got his game he'll win as simple as that i mean he he is uh so good his short game is up there with the best he drives the ball great when he's playing well yes we know he's prone to the odd wild one mm -hmm. um but every time he's won the open he hasn't really hit any wild ones has he i mean it's literally yeah. been um immaculate ball striking and like you say not going in bunkers um and as soon as you keep it on the fairway around these places that the the greens are fairly big targets and um yeah i mean i cannot see him missing the cut Mm -hmm. And I can't see him um, performing as you know, sort of averagely as he has maybe in, in the last two majors. And um, I think he'll relish the, the chance of coming over and playing playing Lynx golf. Maybe not having to hit so many full out, you know, flat out shots might be good for him. Um, I noticed when he played at Pebble Beach, he did have some strapping on his his neck, and mm -hmm. um, maybe he's he's had a few issues. Um, you know, around those two tournaments because they're very close together. Having you know the PGA being moved and things like that, maybe he's just for a couple of weeks, maybe struggling. But yeah. I'm sure he'll be uh, fit and raring to go when he gets to Portrush next week. Yeah, well, we saw him last year at Carnoustie. That was really one of the early signs of his comeback, where he yeah. contended there, led going into the back nine on Sunday. That's right. He played great there. I think he also had that neck strap in that week too, actually. So yeah, it yeah. is a recurring issue for him, being the, the health history he has, the injury history, and frankly, his age, he's getting older, yeah, yeah. He, he looks great until he takes the hat off, then not so much, but uh, <laughs> when the hat is on, he looks very good. But, um, but yeah, so I think with him, is, the key thing with Tiger, as always for me, is nobody thinks better than he does on the golf course. Yeah. Strategically wise, he'll have the golf course mapped out, yeah. he'll know where every hazard of every bunker, and he will play accordingly to that. So he won't really make... A mental mistake and that gives him a great chance of playing well there and doing well if he happens to come with his game so I think we're not sure what to expect from Tiger given his lack of play recently but on these courses you always feel that perhaps in the future this event might actually be the one he has the best chance of doing well in of all the big ones apart from the Masters of course where he has such an extraordinary record but moving away from those big names now in terms of the the home the, the British and Irish golfers obviously we have Rory yeah. there but no Englishman has won the Open since Nick Faldo. No. Nope. Could that change at Portrush? Of course it could, yeah. Um, we have some very, very good Englishmen um, playing golf right now. Rose, obviously, probably the mm -hmm. lowest ranked of those. Um, and again, he has all the game to win the Open, definitely. Uh, he's, you know, he's played steady this year, really. Not really 
torn any trees up, but he's um, yeah. he's obviously a very very good player, major champion as well. So um, he he's a player that will be um, definitely you know, he'll be up there definitely. He'll be um, relishing the chance to to win the Claret Jug, and uh, we've also got players like Matt Wallace who. Um, Absolutely, you know, come through the last few years. Been very, very good. Um, you know, he he's an ultimate competitor and um, <laughs> definitely someone that will uh, again love to mix it with um, the biggest names in golf. And and he's he's rightly up there with with those guys now. Um, and and you can you could see sort of flashes of that when when you watched uh, the U.S. Open and the PGA. Yeah. You know, he he did he did play some decent stuff there. Um, you know, maybe a few things went against him, but he's he's a man you can't really discount, I don't think, because he's you know, he's so so consistent. But then you've got players like Fitzpatrick, uh, Terrell Hatton, um, Eddie Pepperell, even you yeah, know that those sorts of guys. Ed, Eddie's such a good game. I mean, um, yeah, Paul Casey as well, mm-hmm. and another player who um, maybe not won. As many tournaments as we were probably expected. I know he had quite a long injury. Yes. Um, but again, he, he's a guy that is more than capable of winning the Open Championship, and it'd be great to see an English Englishman win. It really would. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, and who knows, it might just happen this week. But certainly, Matt Wallace, the experience he's gained from playing well in the big championships in the US that he has done recently, obviously, he's an extremely intense competitor. Yeah. To, almost to an overwhelming degree. I think it was Eddie Perkle who said to him that. Matt, you'll either win a major first or have a stroke, one of the two, given how intense it is. But um, you're certainly a terrific golfer. Some, sometimes his on-course um, behaviour or demeanour divides some opinion, but there's no questioning the. Yeah, I think it does. But um, yeah. ability. You know, watching uh, the British Masters there and how how close he got to to winning there. Um, mm. I mean, he. I think sometimes he's maybe too intense, but potentially, I mean, there is a fine line, obviously, between. Um, you know, you want to get to a certain level where you can perform really well. But if if that is, you know, if you go over the over the edge and that becomes a detriment to performance, I think that's something maybe he just needs to learn to manage. But um, he clearly needs to be in that zone, if you like, to to perform and, and play good golf. And you know, we can't all be like DJ and walk around uh, <laughs> cool as a cucumber and play really good golf, can we? But, um, but yeah, what Wallace is, is super talented and and someone that yeah. You, definitely will we'll be in the mix I'd have thought next week so. yeah he's, he's hard to discount and that's for sure and again that intensity that's his vehicle to playing well and that's something that as you say every player has their own different uh, mental approaches to this yep. sort of thing and playing well in terms of the, the players out with the Brits and the Americans we have I mentioned John Ram Yes, indeed. Played yeah. so great in Ireland. Yeah, also awesome. a guy who also won the, the Irish Open at Port Stewart near Portrush yes, a couple yeah, of yeah. years ago. So has a good history in that part of the world too. A guy who has seemingly to me all the shots, all the tools to be successful in an Open Championship. There's always questions about his demeanour. Yep. Was he too hard on himself? Did he lose the rag a little bit too easily at times? But he seems to have improved that as he's gotten older. Still a young guy, we have to remember. But oh yes, very. It young. seems to me that he's now got the mental maturity. To reflect the quality of his game as the rain tumbles down here Jesus. at Renaissance Club, but hopefully not so much at Portrush. But for John Ram, then, would you put him among your your top favourites for the Claret Jug this year? He's got to be up there, hasn't he? I mean, um, you don't win the Irish Open twice without being a good links player, do you? So um, 
I remember I went I went to Birkdale a few years ago and watched him in some of the practice rounds, and I just I thought he would do really well there. Um, but he's definitely got the game, like you say, to do it. He hits the ball long. He hits it pretty straight. I think he's able to change the flight of the ball quite easily. He does hit it fairly low. I, I would say when you watch him hit iron shots, um, can, you know, compared to some guys out there, um, you know, Rory who hits the ball crazy high and uh, can almost stop it on any any surface he likes. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think Ram's got to be in people's thinking for, for next week and he obviously loves Ireland, doesn't he? So, um, and seeing some of the media coming out after him winning over at La Hinch, I think um, he just loves the place, doesn't he? Yeah. He's literally, he looked like he was just having such a good time and it was almost a bit of a party for him and he'd gone around and, and played around the golf in the middle <laughs> of a party. But um, I'm sure uh, if he can recapture that and just, I just think just, you know, uh, enjoy himself and get out on the golf course. And he's so good that just let his golf happen, really. And yeah. he, he's certainly up there with. You know, you don't become one of the best players in the world if you if you're uh, not good under pressure. And um, that's exactly what you need to be to win the Open, isn't it? So, um, I, I, again, I would expect Ram to be up there. We're talking about all these players, and we're you know we're always trying to cram 20 people into the top five, aren't we? And it, it's crazy. It's a very big top five. There's just so many good players out there. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you can't you can't discount any of these guys. Anyone who has got into the Open Championship has a chance to win. So, and uh, well, what about Molinari from Chesco, defending champion? Yeah, so, exactly. What are his chances of repeating from last year? Very different game to some of the guys we've just been speaking about. But yeah. um, again, master tactician is able to hit it into pretty much anywhere he wants to on the golf course. Um, can control ball flight. Uh, you know, he's he obviously has proved that he's got the game to win an Open Championship. Not one of the longest hitters, but like we've already said, I, I don't think that is all that important when you play Lynx Golf. Yeah. I think you can use the ground to your advantage a lot um, and the wind and things like that. And, and almost some of these long hitters probably have to rein themselves in a lot and, and maybe trying to hit knockdown drivers and things like that, whereas Molinari can stand there and hit a full-out driver and know that he's going to be okay. So maybe he doesn't have to change his game as much as some do but um he, he's obviously proved he's good enough um to contend and um again we keep saying this but he he, he should be someone that's up there as well and, and contending for for the open next week i think so and interesting to see how he gets on because he hasn't really performed to his high standards since he had that collapse at the masters when he played yeah, so yeah. metronomically well going two and a half rounds of a drop shot at Augusta yep. and then he came to the 12th and obviously all fell apart there on the last day and Tiger went to win the, the, the tournament that week he hasn't quite played to that standard since maybe the, the positive memories of the Open from last year the good feeling from the championship that might just carry him on I think you're also right in terms of the, the nature of the golf course suits his game his game really is an all round game He's good yes, at everything now. He is, you know, yeah. He's improved his putting. His short game's a lot better than what it was a few years yep. ago. He's worked on this, every aspect of his game, and he's now a terrific all-round player. It seems to me that those are the guys that tend to do well on a Seaside Lakes course. But one guy who... To chart back one last player before we move on to the next part of the podcast. One guy who won the Open two years ago at Burtdale, Jordan Spieth. Yep. At that point, was his third major. He won it in the most remarkable fashion. Remember the... The shot from the practice yeah, area, indeed, the yeah. Titleist you know, truck and whatnot, and he went, turned it around in the most incredible fashion to deny Matt Kutcher. That's two years ago. 
and that was his last win on tour. Yep. It seems remarkable. You would never have predicted that at that time. We've seen little well, flashes of brilliance and speed recently. He's played the odd round or two very well, but it seems to be a real vulnerability to the way he plays. It's also that absolutely terrible shot, off the tee especially, yeah, that kills him at some point. Yeah. And you almost, when you're watching him play, you feel that he knows that as well. And he's constantly <laughs> yeah. fearful that's going to come. I know the feeling. Yeah, yeah, well, we all do. But unfortunately, <laughs> we're not playing in the open, but he no. is. So he hasn't, he hasn't played for several weeks now. He's taken yep. some time away from the game. Is the open, perhaps having the driver not in your hand as much as often, maybe more his short game, his putting, that can obviously come to fruition well in, in a links course, a lot of up and downs required at times. Do you think we're going to see some better things from Jordan Spieth soon? Uh, yeah, and why not? I mean, um, he <laughs> he's obviously a multiple-time major champion. Um, is one short of the Grand Slam, so mm -hmm. uh, and you don't do that without being able to play the game of golf. So he has proved himself on all different types of golf course. Yeah, um, his putting is unrivaled. I think when when he puts well, I don't think there's anybody that can touch him um, when he's you know when he's got his iron and he proved that when he won the Open. But when he won the Masters, I mean, he was just literally flawless. But yeah. um, yeah, but would anyone have predicted that that would have been his last win? I don't know. I don't think he was really coming into that open with too much form, really. That's but true. He, um, but, you know, I, I remember there, I, I followed him for a practice day. He played with um, Adam Scott and um, Justin Thomas, and I was watching them play. Um, no, it was Ricky Fowler, actually, he was playing with. And um, he, he, out of the three of them, probably wasn't hitting the ball great, but um, but he wasn't really hitting it in much trouble either you know if he did miss it was it was by a small amount and um obviously it wasn't in a competitive situation but he he just he looked so focused as well even during the practice rounds i mean he he didn't really have too much conversation with the guys he was playing with although they're his friends mm -hmm. you know and um he was obviously you know really focused on on performing well that week and and he did i mean um Cucci was you know, very close to him for the entire final round, wasn't he? And um, and really breathing down his neck. But I mean, speed like you've gone that shot that he hit off the uh, practice ground there. I mean, yes, that that was brilliant. But I think he holds some huge putts, didn't he? As well, oh, yes, when he played yeah. in that round, and um, you know, thoroughly deserved to win. But um, yes, he has he has had his struggles. But um, I don't, I can't think of a single golfer out there that hasn't mm -hmm. that hasn't true. hasn't gone through periods where they've they've not been comfortable or they're hitting the ball poorly or they've missed some cuts so and it tends to make people stronger i mean when you get when you get to that level um it, it takes it takes one good performance to really change your confidence around and you know and maybe coming back and seeing that claret jug again with his name on it mm -hmm. might might be the thing that gives him the confidence so um who knows we, we could see jordan spieth Win the claret jug again. Um, well, yeah, yeah, he's definitely Ho capable. Hopefully, better times ahead for him. But I think he has that intangible that so many players have as well. The great players, what separates him from the other guys is just that little edge that some guys have that other ones don't. And he seems to have yeah. that in abundance. And he has throughout his career. I think you're right there as well in terms of the. He's almost a victim of expectations. Yeah. Because he was so good, so young, we expect that to continue. But as you say in golf, that can't be possible. I mean, famously, Tiger, he won the '97 Masters by a mile. Yeah. Changed the game. Two and a half years until his next major at the 99 PJ. Yes, Could you yeah. imagine the hot takes and the hashtags you'd have if yeah, Twitter well, was around yeah, then exactly, as it is yeah. now? I mean, my goodness. Yeah, Tiger, um, Tiger would have been in for some stick, That's it, and Rory so. too, and all those other guys have had ups and downs in their career. But before we 
end this podcast. There's only two. We're going to have a little chat about open venues quickly. Yep. Before I get to that, it's about time I ask you a tough question. Go for it. Who's going to win? Who yeah. win? Come on. Uh, my heart says Tiger. Oh, he's a, he's a sentimentalist, is he? Um, there we go. My head says Kepka. Okay, that would be another step yeah. towards the Grand Slam for, yeah. for the big man. Yes. That would be a stru- five-time major champion in two years. That yeah, would be, be unbelievable. stratospheric indeed. Well, I think it's hard to argue against those two picks. I'm going to go for... Yeah, I, I like Johnny Ram. I think he's going to be okay, cool. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going for the European winner. Um, and it might even see a, a relative outsider do quite well there too. But I think actually even Matt Wallace. I like, I like kind of the European-based players to do quite well at Portrush this week. But uh, we'll wait and see what happens. But obviously, as you say... It will be historic, it will be memorable, it will be a very exciting addition to the Open story. You know, the 148th Open this year, and hopefully this one will rank among the most memorable. In terms of the atmosphere, in terms of the, the crowds, I think it will almost certainly be that. Let's hope the, the weather cooperates and the players themselves put on a show that will be matching, befitting that particular setting. So, yeah, looking forward to the Open this week, and uh, obviously for everyone listening to this right now, on golf, we have huge previews and picks and so on to follow so let us know who you think is going to play well this week at Portrush and potentially secure their name on the most historic trophy in the game the Claret Judd but before we let Ryan go open venues obviously Portrush you haven't been to no but you've played several of the open courses I have you've played Livam you've played Burtdale you've played St Andrews you've played Carnoustie you could have played Musselburgh this week, but unfortunately, as a very keen golf historian, that yes, would have been brilliant. It would be yeah. very cool. But all those open venues that you've played, what's yes. the one that sits with you now the most looking back? There's two, I would say. Uh, Carnoustie, I enjoyed because uh, my dad is a PJ Pro as well, and mm-hmm. he played in the open there in the 70s. Oh, wow, okay. Um, so playing that with my dad was special. Mm-hmm. But I still think um, I was so lucky that I got to play Hoy Lake two days after Rory won in 2014. Ah, so all the stands were up. Mm. Um, the course was obviously, they play it a different way around for the Open. Yes. Um, so I, I think that was very special. And I played it on a red hot, flat, calm day, which you don't very much get mm. over in Liverpool. But um, playing Hoy Lake in those conditions with the stands up, with the claret jugs everywhere on the stands and putting out around that 18th green with thousands of seats around it and hearing. The sound of you put echo off the, off the stands <laughs> was pretty surreal, and yeah, something that I'll I'll treasure definitely. But yeah, that and Carnoustie for me are the, are the two. Oh, tremendous! I, lo- I love the story about your dad as well. Yeah. Here's a question for you: Who won the Open the year that your dad played in the Open? Uh, Tom Watson. That's it. Yep. It was the first time he'd played Correct. over here. Um, so my dad qualified at Monifeith down mm-hmm. the road. Um, as did Watson yep. and there's a plaque on the first tee there that says Tom Watson qualified here yep. um, for the Open yeah and, and he won um, at Carnoustie which was very impressive so, his yeah. first of five Open victories of course absolutely uh, astonishing record and of course he famously when he hit his first tee shot in Lynx Golf at Monifief he famously said he hated it he hated, <laughs> he hated Lynx Golf yeah. he hit his first tee shot in Lynx Monifief thought it was perfect down at the fairway couldn't find the ball in a pot bunker 
And for years, he had a great record in the Open, but he never quite embraced Lynx Golf until later in his career. And of course, later became really the Lynx aficionado. Absolutely, but, yeah. But uh, in those early years, he was very good at it, but he didn't always necessarily like it. But yeah, it's a great story about your dad. We had a chance to play at um, Carnoustie last year before the Open when the stands were up and wow. uh, my inner child came out. And I bet, you're yeah. practically, you know, you punch it there and you pull a putt in front of the, the stands. You imagine you're actually playing in the Open. It was a, a real dream come true. But from my perspective, and anyone who listens to this podcast regularly will not be surprised to hear that my favourite open venue is the old course at St Andrews. Andrews yeah. <laughs> that's where I live, that's my, that's my place, and uh, I love the golf course, I love what it represents, and I love the history of it, and I love the, the atmosphere of that town when the open comes around especially, but uh, the golf course as well is one that remains deeply fascinating to me, and it always, you learn something new every time you go and play it. So... That, I think, wraps up our Open Championship preview. So, Very good. Ryan, your debut in the podcast. Indeed. How was it then? Was it was good. good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really good. Well, we'll yeah. have you back very, very soon. So, I hope so. As always, everybody, we thank you all for listening to this week's special Open Championship preview podcast. As always, if you're going to be playing golf during the Open Week, do track your scores and stats on Golf Sheet Score Tracker. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Catch up all the latest podcasts in the archives as well. We have some Port Rush reviews from Andrew Picken as well in there, so you can catch up with that one and uh, hear about what's like to actually play Royal Port Rush. And uh, as always, you know, follow us on Golf Shake in terms of our course features, our news, tips. It's all there. Some great content right now with Callaway, with uh, custom fitting and the irons and so on. Some great stuff there. So as always in Golf Shake, we want you to play more and play better. My name is Kieran Clark, alongside. Ryan Rastel, the PGA Pro at Howley Hall Golf Club in Leeds. Do give him a check out if you ever go by there. Go and visit and go and annoy him, as I am doing today. <laughs> but um, yes, I'm rabbiting on there. So until next time, everybody, thank you all for listening. Hey.